All right, what's going on, everybody? It is Monday night, so Noah's back for another episode of the Cheap Seats. You know, a little bit different tonight. Gene couldn't be uh, couldn't be here for the episode, but we got Jory filling in once again. So I'll just have to start there. How are you doing tonight, Jory? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Okay, okay, that's good to hear. And got the regular, Dylan. What's up, Dylan? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? How are you doing tonight, Kyle? I'm good. Can't complain. Another day closer to the start of the season. I'm going to keep saying that until we actually get there, and then I'll have to come up with something else to say. But for now, then you, can, then you can say you're enjoying the season, then. Good point. That's probably where I'll go after that. Um, well, we've got some people in the chat, so let's start with that. Key, what's going on? Freddie, what's up? Uh, we got Daniel Barry in here as well. What's going on? All right. All right, so we have three topics on the table. Uh, obviously, you guys in the chat, you guys can come up with our fourth topic that we'll talk about at the end. So as you're going through that, definitely put those in the chat and make sure that get interactive with us. You know, we, we definitely love the back and forth with you guys. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and get started. Oh, were you want to say something, Jory? Mm-mm. I was agreeing with you. Okay. But uh, let's get started with our first topic. So for me, it's my question. So we'll start with that one. College football. It's back and everything. You know, everybody loves that. But looking at it and kind of the direction it's going in, I think it's putting a spotlight on the NCAA, which is supposed to be like the governing body, but we know they have their issues. So my question is, at this point, is the NCAA kind of doing more harm than good to the actual product of college football? And let me start with Dylan on this one. Mm, I mean, yeah. I mean, when it comes to, when you think of college football, like what, what differences does it have compared to the NFL? I mean, there's so many different traditions from all the different tons of schools. Of course, like different fan bases, different colleges have different things. Well, I mean, I guess different NFL fan bases have, you know, different unique things that they do, but overall and, college football there's just a different different atmosphere with it um i mean it's a bunch of high school kids you know trying to earn their spot to make it to the nfl there's just a different vibe it's a different experience and whoops sorry i someone i got a random phone call but like i was saying um yeah there's just a whole different vibe and atmosphere and it feels like college football is starting to turn into a business um meaning that like I mean, nobody really cares about traditions or anything like that. Rivalries or different things that make college football college football doesn't seem like anyone really cares too much about it anymore. It's like what can get us the most money, what can give us the most TV views and profit and different things like that. And, you know, it doesn't it's not feeling like college football. You know, the conferences aren't the the same conferences even more. You know, we would get some realignment, but it would maybe be a team moving here or a team moving there, not seven teams moving here eight teams moving there we're getting rid of basically a whole conference in the pac-12 so i mean yeah it it sucks i mean it makes the ncaa not feel needed i mean i feel like if they would want to regulate something like this but it doesn't feel like they're doing anything they don't really necessarily care it just seems like these conferences are just going out from schools and the ncaa is just letting it happen um seems weird i'm not a big fan of it but yeah, it just seems pointless. It seems like the NCAA is only there just for the name being the NCAA. Okay. 
Well, Jory, I'll let you go next. I mean, no, because it's like before, like alluding to what Dylan said before, like before this whole NIL thing even really started, you know, you had those core traditions in college football. Like, in, like you had those core traditions. And now that you have those NIL and how the NIL money just changes everything, it makes it less about the product and more about the money. So it's like, the way I think about it is like, it's going to continue to go downhill until there's either legislation that's passed about the NIL and the transfer rule is reworked because now these kids are going somewhere for one year not really giving it a shot they're not seeing a field and they're going somewhere else and it's not conducive to what college football has traditionally been about if you know what i'm saying so i'm like no it's not until those things happen to those until the transfer until like the transfer rule gets reworked so that nobody like i don't like the fact that you can just leave after one year like two yeah but leaving every losing a whole bunch of people year after year after year and they've only been there for one year i don't i never liked that i ne- i didn't like it when they changed it it's like yeah but until they rework the nil with legislation and th- that transfer rule is not going to be the same unfortunately so I saw Chris's comment where he said, hanging on to tradition for the sake of hanging on to tradition does more harm than good. Things evolve. Now, I, I do think part of that I can agree with because I, I do see the point of some of the transfer. Like if if I'm a guy running back, I'm like fifth string at Alabama, and I realize I'm probably not going to play for like three, four years, and I decide to go somewhere else, I can understand that. But if you go to a big name school, you're supposed to be the starter and like a underclassman comes in and takes a job from you. And then you just bolt because you can't handle not being a starter. Maybe I'd have an issue with that, but I do get the transfer stuff. I think eventually that was going to happen. It become as big as it is. So I'm not really bothered by that. Now the traditions that I think, aren't necessarily helping in terms of evolving the game or kind of like what Dylan enjoy as you said, the conferences and kind of like the, the alignment of them. Look, I'm from the Boston area. I watched BC football and then the big East made perfect sense to me. They played Syracuse. They played teams like that. Now that they're in the ACC playing like Duke, Georgia tech seems weird to me. And then they're trying to vote in like Stanford, SMU. It's just like, how, how's that going to work? And when it, when it comes to that, and plus the NCAA has made it seem like the only decision that matters is football. We don't, we don't care what it does for basketball, college soccer, (laughs) baseball, none of that. And that also goes back to what you're saying, Dylan. It's like the NCAA looks at it as just straight money. Football makes all the money, so football gets to make all the decisions when it comes to the alignment, the schedules, all that. So I do think in that aspect, yeah, NCAA definitely needs to to go away and actually bring in some type of commissioner or something that will have 
I mean, this might sound crazy, but the the interest of the athletes first, which technically that's what it's supposed to be since they're seen as amateurs and not pros, but it's being run like a pro league. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like conflicting the way, you know, the message from the NCAA and what's actually happening on the field or whatever, because that also goes with the NIL. You know, NCAA fought against the NIL because they're supposed to be amateurs. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a college player and I see it being run like it's the NFL or something, why wouldn't I want to get paid for it? Exactly. So I do think that that evolution in terms of the NIL is fine, even though the NCAA doesn't even like that. But this evolution of, you know, oh, we've gotten so used to matchup. Well, I guess we'll take the Pac-12 since it's disintegrating right before our eyes. You know, if you're used to USC and Oregon, and then now that's just going to go away. How does that really benefit, you know, college football fans? Just just because they may end up in a new conference together, it still makes it weird. Like me having to get used to, I guess, Michigan, uh, USC, and trying to make that a big deal now. It might take some time. I might get there, but it's just it just seems weird to me that what's going on with college football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely happy it's back. I'm, I mean, I say all that to say, like, I'm still going to watch it. It's just, yeah, it's just weird. Oh, a new playoff format's going to be in, involved as well, too. Mm-hmm. And I actually like it. Yeah. So this is the last year with the 14, then it goes to 12. I actually like the 12 team because they're, you know, designating a spot to a team that's not a power five. And I've always, you know, worried about those teams getting pushed aside because 14 team, 14 playoff, there's really no chance a smaller school is really going to make their way into the top four. Mm-hmm. At least with 12, they have a spot. Maybe you get an upset or two. Some fans won't like it because college basketball loves to embrace upsets. College football hates it for some reason. We're going to have, oh, like, yeah. four main conferences and each one of those conference winners basically get in. That's kind of how it's going to work because you'll have the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, SEC. Yeah. That's your four big conferences right there. Each winner gets slotted in and then, what, Power Five and then at large for the rest? Okay, well, yeah. non-Power Five. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all, almost at the point it's just going to be, like, north-south, two big conferences and the rest of the school's kind of just make their way and figure it out yeah well i mean we'll get a little cinderella one from probably one team one year i'm interested in it but it's just weird with the conferences yeah we'll see i'm sure the ncaa has some more changes up their sleeve that you know it's gonna be definitely pushed back with and i'm i'm all for leagues trying to be innovative i uh, never have a problem with that it's just the road the ncaa is going down not necessarily the biggest fan of it. Well, okay. I guess we can go to our next topic, which is uh, Dylan's. Let's go with yours. Okay, so is there no graphic? Just making sure you're not trying to pull it up. Cool. So no. So basically, it's just pretty simple. It's just what's your takeaways from the preseason. Um, you know, this week, obviously, we're not going to have any, at least NFL football. Of course, week one of college football starts, but uh, won't have any NFL as it being cut week, Um, you know. Three games of the preseasons are that preseasons done now. This is the second year that we've had three preseason games and then a fourth cut week. Just 
basically want to get like the overall insight of maybe even your teams. I know a lot of us kept up with our teams or just like what you saw from free agency just overall. So to start and go with you, Kyle. I mean, you look, we have what cut week tomorrow, cut down day, I guess is tomorrow. And that's always an interesting time period for the NFL because you'll see some guys get cut and you'll be like, what? That's interesting, and then it'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, I wonder. If, I hope my team picks them up or something like that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the preseason action, like I said, I'll take it from a Patriots standpoint since that's you know my team and everything. It's been interesting seeing kind of the development of uh, Demario Douglas, Malik Cunningham, and Kayshawn Booty, who went from a guy with a lot of potential when they drafted him. To then it seemed like he was going to be an easy cut because he wasn't really getting on the field. To now it seems like he might have to be a lock at wide receiver because he kind of brings a big playability that I know the Patriots are, well, at least fans are always looking for. So I find that fascinating. Like I said, the Demario Douglas, you know, is an undersized guy from a small school in Liberty. So not a lot of people may know a lot about him, but when you see him on the field, it just seems like he's a good route runner and he's very shifty. So I, I like what I'm seeing from the wide receiver group. You know, the defense, I think, should be top 10 easy, could be a top five defense. And, you know, seeing Christian Gonzalez out there, you know, he's had some moments where he struggled a little bit, but that's expected as a rookie. But he definitely looks like a guy who's going to be comfortable kind of being out there on an island against top-tier wide receivers and being able to handle his own. Uh, I like the group of safeties because I do think the Patriots could have maybe the best group in the league. It's arguable, but, you know, uh, Duggar, Peppers, um, Jalen Mills, who's now a safety and actually looks comfortable back there, and Adrian Phillips. I really like that group, so I'm very excited to see the defense going into the season. All I know is probably going to be a surprise cut or two on the defense that might make me a little upset, but that's kind of how Belichick works. And I guess the last thing would be Marte Mapu, another small school guy that people kind of mocked the Patriots for taking. And it kind of seems like he's going to be an interesting part of the defense as like a Swiss Army knife who can play a little safety, a little linebacker, and just kind of be using a bunch of different places. So I guess those are my biggest takeaways. I mean, the Zeke signing, of course, is uh, I think a good one, and it's going to lead to uh, well, they you know traded Pierre Strong. I think Kevin Harris might stick as probably the third guy, or Ty Montgomery, if he could ever stay healthy. I like that three. Ramondre Stevenson, right. Zeke Elliott. It, it so surprises me he's in the NFL. I can't remember the last time I've actually seen him on the field in the regular season. But like he, he and Belichick must be like friends or something. Like he's like I guess. <laughs> then again, he could be a surprise cut, maybe. <laughs> but yeah. Uh hold on, Gene said. What's up, Gene? Jalen Mills was transitioning transitioning to a safety as an eagle, finally made it there. I do remember that, yes. But now it's like full-blown, he's a safety. 
I had to transition to New England to, you know, get it done. Hmm. We could change the location, but it worked. Yeah. I'm here for it. That's oh. It's my turn, right? Yeah, you go, yeah. Jory. Okay, so it's like, as far as, like, my team goes, like, my Titans, one, there's a few names that really stuck out to me. One, Caleb Murphy. It. I really hope he makes the 53. He should make the 53. Like, if he got Jeffrey Simmons in interviews just raving about him. So I'm like, he needs to make the 53. Um, Tajay Spears. I like Julius Chestnut too. So I feel like my running back room is gonna be very is gonna be very nice. Minded behind Derek. Uh Arden Key, that's one to watch. Aziz Al Shahir, my defense. I believe my defense is going to be the top 10 this year because our can't like the way that we got to the quarterback, even in our last preseason game with Nico Autry getting his little reps in because, you know, he's coming off an injury. But as far as like the league wide, like the one thing that I, that kind of just stuck out to me other than the amount of black, like the, those bad injuries, those stuck out. I feel like injuries might, play a more bigger play more of a role this season because of those injuries but the amount of backup quarterback battles that we've seen like you saw how dorian thompson robinson him how he single-handedly got josh Dobbs traded to arizona how with how well he played and then there's the whole controversy between malik willis and Will Levis, even though Will Levis got hurt, and if you ask me, Malik is a little bit is miles ahead of him as far as knowing the system, and because he, he's been there for a whole year, so I really don't understand the controversy as to that. But he has improved with throwing the ball, so I trust him more at quarter QB two. Now next year, when I don't know what's going to happen with Tannehill, next year we'll we'll have to deal with that then, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you think the controversy is because they took Levis so high in the second yeah. round That's that why. you kind of were expecting that he, and especially the way Willis looked last season, I think most people thought even if Levis wasn't the top 10 pick that some of these analysts are trying to put out there, that he should be at least better than Malik Willis because of what we saw from him. They didn't, they didn't think that Malik would actually work to improve either. True. He put in a lot of work. So from where he was last year to where he is this year, there's a visible difference. He's not as jittery in the pocket. He don't just sit there and just take off. He makes his reads. He's learning how to progress through his reads. So I feel like come next year, if whatever happens to Tannehill, if he continues to work and develop like that, he could either be a pretty good starting backup We'll start him back up. Makes no sense. Uh, excuse me. He could be a pretty good backup, a low-key starter, low. I have faith in him, though, seeing how, how how well he works. Okay. Well, I mean, would you be okay if, I guess, Willis established himself and you never saw Will Levis depend, I mean, even with where they drafted him? I'd be fine with it because I didn't like the draft pick. I'm like, okay. you could have went – you could have went O lineman right there or wide receiver. You know we needed receivers. 
Steven said, Titans can get Colt McCoy since Arizona released him today. That's a troll. I already that, know. Yes, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that for Colt McCoy, like, come on now. No, nobody wants Colt McCoy. They may need him out of you know necessity for a third guy, but yeah. nobody's he's really not going to sign unless like a quarterback gets injured. Yeah. I mean, Dylan, what about you? Uh, what you I mean, so I mean, yeah. Looking at Seattle, um, we went two and one in our preseason games. Um, my takeaways is we we know how to draft good. I mean, even the, the signings of our undrafted free agents. Um, Zach Charbonnet's looked really sharp. Kenny McIntosh has played really well. Um, even undrafted free agent Jake Bobo, um, UCLA wide receiver, has looked really good. Had five receptions for around 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's had a touchdown in every single one of his preseason games. Definitely is going to probably make a roster spot. Um, just overall, Seattle has looked just progressively just miles better than what they were. There were some areas where they lacked, but losing Jackson Smith and Jacob for maybe, you know, two, three weeks, maybe not having them till week three, week four kind of hurts because, you know, you like to see what you can get from them now kind of stalls his progression to finally get into that groove. But overall, I, I think we have the weapons to, you know, make up for at the time. Um, the defense looks better. Um, we're going to have Jordan Brooks back by week one. Bobby Wagner is going to slide right back in that middle. Um, defense looks like sharp. They look more aggressive. They hit. Um, there's a lot more like sense of urgency when it comes to that defense. And I've been, I've of course raved about Seattle a lot, but overall I do think this team is a really good team this year. Um, that could shock some people. Um, on the other end, Jory mentioned, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah. He outplayed Josh Dobbs to get him traded basically. Um, they could have just, you know, kept Josh Dobbs there and it wouldn't have made really any rumblings. You know, it's been understandable. He, he's a rookie, but, you know, he's played really well in the preseason and got him traded to Arizona. And then on the Arizona portion, I mean, I mentioned it in our group chat earlier. What a smart move by them by cutting Colt McCoy. Um, he's better in quarterback. I mean, it kind of just puts you in a weird spot. It's like you're just playing Colt McCoy to, you know, play him, I guess. I mean, there's rumors that Kyler Murray may not come back this year at all. Um what the Cardinals are telling people. But so having a young quarterback like Josh Dobbs, who, I mean, he's been in the league for a little bit, but still has, a little, I would say, more to offer than Colt McCoy on, at least when it comes to what you what you, what you can get out of him, what you think you can do with him. And then Clayton Toon, the rookie out of Houston, who is also a smart pick. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what Arizona does there. I don't know what that's going to be. I mean, this team is going to be interesting on paper to watch. Um, got some speed guys like Rondell Moore, Marquise Brown, James Connors, always decent, Zach Ertz. So they have an interesting set of weapons. Got some young quarterbacks. Maybe, you know, they could steal a game or so, some shock some people. But it's going to be interesting to what to see what, what they're going to do there. Um, definitely kind of going through on that youth movement. I did, did think that Isaiah Simmons trade was pretty stupid. Um, only a seventh-round pick for a dude you spent a first-round pick on, number nine. I mean, the Giants definitely made out with the steal with that. But um, other things is uh, Cleveland. I was speaking on Cleveland, they they looked really good this last preseason game. Um, the offense looked like they were starting to get in click. Deshaun Watson actually looked really good for like the first time, you know, since Deshaun Watson's been on the Browns. But overall, he looked really good um, on the team. Different things I liked is trying to think uh, the Broncos. Let's look at the Broncos uh, yesterday. Well, yesterday they played Saturday. I'm not sure, but they won 41-0. Um, that's wild. That's wild, even if it's a preseason game. I mean, the Rams played very well. Stetson Bennett played really well. And then just Broncos crushed it, which is good signs to see. Maybe that could be the Sean Payton, Payton coaching, you know, taking effect. But it's a really good sign to see, you know, when you win 41-0 in your last preseason game. It means you're firing probably on some cylinders. So it was interesting to see um, 
how Denver's going to play out this season as well, too. Yes. Well, I also think, because I did think of another uh, kind of takeaway, the whole uh, Niner situation with Trey Lance. Yeah, I guess we I, should mention I, yeah, that. Yeah, that has to work into this somehow. It's just like, uh, you know, a lot of people were like, Lance didn't get the opportunity. Then I think there's the other side where you could say, Lance had his opportunity last season and got hurt. Then the Niners lucked into Purdy going on the run that he did. And, and you know, with the Niners trying to be win a title now while Lance needs more development, even though Brock Purdy could struggle next year because now teams understand what kind of player he is. I do think it was kind of a tough situation for the Niners to be in. Although it does call into question John Lynch's plan and moving up to get the unproven guy when they could have easily have drafted Justin Fields, who I assumed that they were moving up to get and didn't, but you got a developmental guy, but then got tired halfway through in the actual development and just decided to move on from him. So I think that's definitely a takeaway. And I guess the Cowboys trading for him. What's their plans with him now? Because we know that they sell Dak, but there's always going to be questions about Dak as well. Is Dallas going to put in the time to develop Trey Lance now, or is he just going to start bouncing around the league like every offseason or something? Mm. My mic was off, sorry. Um, I don't think he'll get that treatment. Um, I do think Dallas does have a play on with Trey Lance. Uh, my biggest takeaway from Trey Lance is what what is the biggest knock that we get on him is the lack of passing attempts. He's about to go into an offense that is a very high, like, powered passing offense. There's going to be a lot of passing the ball. I know they have Tony Pollard there, but it's not like they have Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott where, you know, spreading the ball out, maybe giving it to both of the guys might work. I imagine they're going to probably pass a little bit more now with, you know, Brandon Cooks, C.D. Lamb, um, Michael Gallup. Yeah, they're going to pass the ball a lot. This gives Trey Lance big time to progress. I mean, I'm not sure how Mike McCarthy's going to play into it with Trey Lance. It does feel like a move. Um that kind of feels like they could be, you know, a bad season could be on a blow up could be on the rise for him. Um, but overall, Dak doesn't have any guaranteed money. I'm pretty sure after the, after this year is what I've heard. Um, so bad mm-hmm. season with turnovers. They could look to, you know, move over to Trey Lance. C.D. Lamb's going to be in his prime. Like I said, you still have Brandon Cooks on the money. Tony Pollard, you're probably going to try to repay. Um, team's still pretty young. You still got good young defensive pieces with Parsons and Diggs. Um, you know, if you can get Lance to progress well, get Dak off the books, you know. Lance, Lance might take a discount for, you know, them believing in you. Um, I don't know. It seems really interesting. I, I do like the move for Dallas. Um, I wish you get a, his pay cut on that one. Yeah, uh, definitely shouldn't be allowed to trade picks. They should let someone else do it. Yeah, yeah. This, this, All of this goes on John Lynch a lot. You know, if Purdy is just like a one-hit wonder and it was just like, man, the right time, right moment, and he was just good and he sucks, you know, and Darnold isn't good, you know, Steve Young 2.0 in his eyes. Um, yeah, it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna go well. Um, I'm not I'm I'm pretty sure he, you know he's kind of, his seat's kind of warming up. I'm not sure if he's on the hot, that hot seat yet. You know, being close to being fired or anything like that. But I bet I bet the temperature's rising there. Um, three first round picks to trade up for a dude that had how many starts for you? Two, three? I don't I don't know. It wasn't a lot. I mean, yeah. and some of that's not on the 49ers. You know, Trey Lance did get injured last year. They did try to give him that opportunity. It wasn't his fault for getting injured. Um, did they give, I guess, I mean, I haven't given Jack an extension yet. 
Because for like with the whole Trey Lance thing about because when I think about it, when did they draft in twenty twenty one? When they draft Matt Kyle. I believe this because this is Max. It's twenty one. Third year. So they weren't necessarily horrible that year, Mm -hmm. if my memory serves. They were still a good team. They were really win now. So they they did all of that and they were already in a win now mode. So they kind if you ask me, they kind of wasted his time. Because like if you're in a win now mode, you don't you know you don't have time to develop a rookie quarterback right now. You know that takes literally that to me it takes a whole season. But it's wild that Lance had eight starts. It's hard to believe that. I believe that, it's true, probably. It's hard to believe. I believe that because and also with his far as him going to Dallas and what the it's like a now that he's in Dallas, they have a really nice they have a nice quarterback room. Like Trey Lance has more similar skill sets to Dak Prescott than Cooper Rush does to Dak Prescott. So if you want a backup, mm-hmm. you ideally want your backup to have a similar kind of skill set. So it's kind of transit because it's kind of like a. I mean, you'll obviously see a, a a step down, but it's still familiarity with the offense. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I just don't like the fact that you know you didn't want him the, the year after that. I had a feeling, and it is if one organization that could probably do this type of thing and get away with it is the 49ers because they're usually in the thick of it. So it's not going to be something that's going to be glaring. Oh, they're fumbling around at quarterback. But eventually it's going to catch up to them. So if this goes south, I feel like this could be that one that catch up to both of them, Shanahan and Lynch. Yeah, I, I think it's a good situation for Lance overall, though, because if you look at it with San Francisco, he was going to be the third string. I know we have our yeah. qualms and quarrels about that. We I did, we all disagreed with it. We said Lance probably should be the backup there. Mm-hmm. But this gives him a prime backup spot. And now, I'm not saying Dak's going to get injured, but he does have injury history. And this puts him in a prime spot to, you know, learn the system, learn the Cowboys offense, and then just go if he's given the opportunity. You know, I'm not saying Dak is, you know, on the hot seat himself, but, you know, he's been having issues with turnovers. Um the Cowboys just keep sucking. You're not sucking, of course, but, you know, missing out on the playoffs, which sucking in the playoffs. Um, might look to Lance, you know. Like Cottrell said in his comment, um, Lance is unproven. He really hasn't kind of been given that opportunity. And when it, he did, he got injured. And that's not his fault. Um, mm-hmm. So it, this could be a really good opportunity. Um, you're giving him weapons. I would arguably say better weapons than what they have in San Francisco. I mean, mm-hmm. it's... It, it, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it's a top. It's a toss up. I mean, it's a toss. I'm not sure up. if you take. I'm not sure if you take Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk over C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cook. So that's a fair enough. Paul, it, probably, it probably depends on. Probably depends on how you rate Debo. Because I've, I've kind of heard some differing opinions on Debo Samuel necessarily. Oh, I guess the 49ers got Kittle, so I guess that kind of stuff. That's true. They do have Kittle. Yes. Um, were you guys surprised though that he ended up in Dallas, or did you have another team? in mind when you thought I didn't think he moved. was gonna get traded. I okay. thought oh, I he thought was he was gonna get traded. I'm like I'm like they sat there and just traded him just like that for like a pack of crackers and a fourth round pick. Even though a fourth round pick isn't nothing but mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. That was quick. Like, I didn't think picks, they were yeah. gonna get it done yeah. that quick. 
it was wild. It was like once once the news came out that Lance was going to be the third string, it was like, oh, the 49ers are going to look for a different option. And then like Jerry Lynch came out and was like, nah, we're not going to do that. And then he was just like traded 30 minutes like later, it felt like. And it was like, OK, that was weird. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm glad he found somewhere. I I mean, I didn't think he was going to stay because of kind of all that was surrounding it, the picks given up and them making it seem like it was a bust. But Dallas was nowhere near my mind. I actually had Minnesota in my mind. Yep. Yeah, it was my they have a decision one. to make with Kirk Cousins soon. Yep. You know, if they want to just completely bottom out, start with somebody new, Trey Lance could go there. He'd have Justin Jefferson to at least start with. Although we'd have to see we – well, we would have seen if Jefferson would have maybe been open to going from Cousins to Trey Lance. But I thought that's where he might go. Uh, they would have gave him like four hundred million dollars and told him to suck it up. He would have said okay. Yeah, probably. And they're like, they're like, hey, sorry, you know, we have Trey Lance now, and but you know, to make up for it, we'll make you the highest paid receiver ever. Right. And Cottrell kind of brings up a good point with the Cowboys fans. <laughs> I mean, he called them delusional. Some, I, I mean, I probably agree with that, but we know, we know how Cowboys fans are. Now with Trey Lance being there. And if Dak, Mr. I'm not throwing any picks this year, if he has a three interception game and then we start getting the play uh, Trey type of chance and all that, what does that do for that locker room and, and everything that's surrounding that? They don't even have to start with a three interception game. He throw through two picks in one game, one at the end of each half, and they'll be calling for Trey Lance. First incompletion Dak throws, they're going to be calling for Trey Lance. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, probably. Uh, let's see. Let that get up to a slow start. Okay. Want to try to go to Atlanta or Denver? Atlanta's like interesting. Denver, Denver, Denver was a uh, one team that I thought was like sneaky. And, like that was I, I had Minnesota uh, at my one, like with Kyle, but Denver was like my number two that I was like, that would be fun. I'm the man at the Atlanta one. That would be interesting. Man, my thing with Atlanta, it's like there's not even really like. No offense to Taylor Heineke, but he's still the backup over Desmond Ritter. Like, yeah, at least with like Denver or you know Dallas, like we said, whatever we think about Dak Prescott, I imagine he could still be a better veteran than you know probably like Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter. Put him in a quarterback room that will teach him something. You know, he was in a quarterback room with Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy. I'm not sure how much there is to learn. Right. Especially with Jimmy G. I really don't know if you really like, want to learn from that. Like, you can look at even, like, quarterbacks like for Zach Wilson, for example. Just a year under Aaron Rodgers, he looks way better. Way better as a quarterback than he did even last year. Just with an offseason, a training camp with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Uh, let's see. Control says, Desmond Ritter stinks. Trey can get those weapons okay. the ball. Agreed. It it would just felt weird because it's like you just took Desmond Ritter with what a third fourth round pick and then you'd probably trade what a third fourth round pick to get Trey Lance. It would I would be fine with it. It would be something mm -hmm. I would do. It just probably wasn't a, a a timeline that they were really a fan of. You know, like eh, we have Ritter here, and if he stinks, we might as well just stink for Caleb Williams, maybe. I, drink, man. I don't know. It it just seems like they they are really into Desmond Ritter, and they're gonna do everything they can. Exactly. To make them a thing. 
Man, I, I the crappy it. thing is he's probably going to have, like, the one of, like, the best week ones in, like, history and, like, <laughs> shut us up. And then he's just going to, like, stink for the rest of the season. I just think he's kind of inconsistent. Like, mm-hmm. he shows flashes, but he's just too inconsistent right now. And I did think about Trey Lance to the Rams. That would be an interesting situation, too, with Matt Stafford getting older. I would have liked that. Injury. I would have liked that, but, I mean, and I could trade him to the in conference. I'll do that. But Just in case Trey Lance is still good. Have, I don't even think the Rams have any picks, so. Well, they don't have first-round picks, but we know Trey Lance wasn't getting you one of those anyway. Mm-mm. Tanking for Caleb Williams is the move. Which I think we brought up the whole Arizona situation because the the Simmons trade and stuff makes it seem like they're trying to do a fire sale. Then they bring in Dobbs and cut Colt McCoy. It's like, are they trying to be a little relevant while be still bad, but maybe not even bad enough to get one of the top quarterbacks? What one thing about Arizona that'll let me kind of know is what they do with Buda Baker. Like if they go ahead and trade Buda Baker, I know they're tanking. Man, Buda Baker's interesting because they, right man, they adjusted his money. Like, didn't they give him more money and was like, here you go. If you still want out, like if that's still like if that's still like a possibility, I didn't think they gave him more money because I knew he was unhappy. I, I'm pretty sure they gave him a, like a like a year extension or something like that. So who knows. That if they lose him, I already know there's going to be some issues. Yeah, I mean, that's really their best player not named Kyler Murray. I mean, he's their best player. I love Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray's injured. Mm-hmm. Buda Baker's their best player right now. So that'd be interesting. I don't know. And if they really are tanking for Caleb Williams, you know, the question will be asked, how does Kyler Murray feel about that? Yeah, I mean, they gave him big money. And we, we know the issues he has with maturity, game tape, studying, whatever you want to call it. Like, those aren't going to go away until we see him actually on the field and playing man, better. I don't, man, maybe it might be because I have a little bit of bias, but I don't, I don't see Arizona tanking for Caleb Williams. Like, I do think Houston – I mean, I don't know. Maybe not unless those picks really fall down to one and two or, like, one and three – I don't see it. I don't. I don't see it. Um, I do think Marvin Harrison Jr. will be one of those picks, regardless of whatever happens. Marvin Harrison Jr. will be one of those picks. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I don't think Caleb Williams to Arizona is going to happen. I, I think there's going to be one other team that's going to stink. That's going to surprise us. Maybe it be Oakland. Well, not Oakland. Las Vegas. Maybe it be Atlanta. But I don't know. Just give Eric Kyler Murray that money. It's not like that Josh Rosen situation where, yeah, you spent a first-round pick on him, but the contracts are way different. It's not like yeah. Josh Rosen off a contract extension. This is Kyler Murray off of a max extension. Um, and it would, just trading him would be so hard to do still. Um, probably, hopefully, going to come back up a year of you know learning whatever system Jonathan Gannon's going to be running. Um, fully healthy, fully recovered. Mm-hmm. Maybe tired of Call of Duty. Um <laughs> I, I just I, I I just can't I can't see it happening. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I think I think they'll they're gonna hitch their wagon on Kyler for a couple more years, and we'll get like some random twenty twenty seven quarterback or twenty twenty six quarterback. And if Kyler stinks. That's what they'll go for. I agree with that. I kind of think it's more likely what Control's saying. Even if they got the number one pick, they probably traded to get a bunch in yep. return because yep. people want to move up to get Caleb Williams for sure. 
Yeah, like Cottrell said it perfectly. Like that first round pick will literally be just a the biggest bargaining chip in the world. Like they'll probably hitch their wagon on Kyler, maybe. Um, I I mean I imagine a lot of people would probably say Caleb Williams is a better talent than Kyler Murray, but they they do a little bit different things. You know, Kyler's obviously more quick and agile, speedy. Um, Caleb Williams is a better passer, but. Um, yeah, that would be like the biggest bargaining chip in the world. You could get a massive haul of just tons of different things. Like we thought, you know, them getting that first round pick from Houston when they traded up was a lot. Do that times three. Right. (laughs) All right. I mean, I guess we can go into our third question. Jory, take it away. It was like, well, my question was, what teams have the, like, highest expectations as far as, like, more pressure or just whose bar is just naturally going to be more raised for whatever reason? And then who has the lowest and why? And then I'll just start with Dylan. Um, well, I, I'm going to start off with my highest expectations. I think it's Philadelphia. Um, you know, Kansas City being the Super Bowl winner could be an obvious pick, but I do think their expectations are naturally just a little lower, especially with the offseason moves that happened. It's a lot more younger in that receiving room. It's a lot more younger on that team just overall. Um, not saying that Kansas City isn't good because time and time again when they proved, they showed us like, hey, our roster could be filled with bums, Walmart workers, and we're going to a Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey's all we need. Um, and you, Andy Reid's a hell of a coach. Um, Patrick Mahomes is a hell of a quarterback. So... But I do think there is some, you know, just a little bit lower expectations for a team like Kansas City. Um, I think with Philadelphia, they've gotten miles better. Um, I think that, you know, drafting that whole Georgia defense basically is is a lot more. And I, I think they're the biggest Super Bowl favorite um, there is. I mean, obviously, they're the favorite to win. I think they're the number one favorite. Um, the NFC is a lot weaker than the AFC. I mean, Cottrell brings up the Jets, which is a good point. Um and being on hard knocks, which I, I don't really put too much stock into that. Um, I don't I, I don't really think any team does. I don't know. I didn't I liked watching the Lions. I guess it did make me believe in them more. But um, overall, I think with it being as a very tough AFC, just point blank period, even just an AFC East, you know, mm-hmm. Dolphins, Patriots, Bills, um, a lot of expectations, at least when it comes to a team like um, the Philadelphia Eagles. Like now New York is New York. I mean, I was going to just bring up Washington, but Washington, you know, Sam Howell is one start in his career. Um, even the, you know, like we mentioned, Dallas, you know, they they look really good and should probably be really good. But time and time again, they've choked in the playoffs. So I think the Eagles are, look at the team that has the easiest path to just run it back. Um, plus they got better. And, and you look at a team like Kansas City and it looks like they might have gotten a little bit worse. Um I think when you have the easiest path to the Super Bowl, especially making the Super Bowl last year, have the highest pressure on you. I know Hurts got his big contract. That might put a little bit pressure on him, but he's still young. Um, so, but yeah, I think Philadelphia has that highest pressure. And then the lowest, duh, it's Arizona. Um, obviously, with that Colt McCoy cut, being cut, it kind of just proved it's like, hey, we might just suck this year. You know, like I said earlier, there might be some rumors that Kyler Murray might not even just come back and play this year. Just take the season off, you know, heal up, do whatever, learn the playbook. Um, and if that's the case, there's no zero expectations for Arizona. I mean, they're not favored in a single game this season. And that's, that's crazy to hear. That shows you what people think about them. Um, I mean, maybe I could throw in a team like Atlanta, but I, I do like Atlanta's weapons so much. I think Bijan's going to be so great. Um, 
probably even be rookie of the year where, you know, Atlanta could win six, seven games. Maybe Ritter might not be good. Um, agree with Steven. Chiefs have some question marks. But um, maybe, like like I said, maybe that team won't be good. Maybe Ritter might not be good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Cardinals. Okay. Kyle, you can go next, Kyle. So, for me, the highest expectations has to be the Jets because if you put on ESPN – there's like so many Jets fans on there. Like they are all thinking that with that great defense, you're bringing in Aaron Rodgers, automatically going to be a Super Bowl team. And if they don't make it, if they like, if they don't win the AFC East, there's going to be some rumbling. If they don't even make the AFC title game, I think that could blow up in the Jets' face. So I think they have the highest expectations. Lowest, to be honest with you, could actually be Washington. Because the fact that Dan Snyder is now out of the picture, I think this season is seen as a win no matter what for the organization in Washington. You have the turnover with, well, I mean, you have the change uh, with uh, the enemy coming in. So I think there's going to be some time given to him to kind of put his uh, fingerprint on this uh, on that offense to see what you can get out of Sam Howell and you know, you still have Terry McLaurin and those guys, but I just think with the Dan Snyder cloud lifted off of Washington, I don't think it's that big of a deal this year. Of course, they're going to want to win, but it's just that him being gone, fans will be happier going to the stadium. I'm sure the players are happier being affiliated with the organization because Snyder's not there. So I think expectations there are just as low as they can be. So I go with those two. I mean, I, I do like that Washington pick. I mean, that's a, that's a good point, you know. Sam Howell's going to come out there. You know, you got young Brian Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, which are all great, but it's like they just want you guys to come out there and have fun. I think I, all, that's all the fans want, too. They just want to have fun. They just want to, like, you know, like get everything Dan Snyder out of there, get all that Dan Snyder aura and make it feel like a whole brand-new team because regardless if they rebrand or not, um, that's definitely going to kind of put that final coat of paint on it if they do rebrand, kind of get out of that Dan Snyder area. But, uh, yeah, it'd be good. Okay. So, like, mine for, like, with the higher expectations, because I kind of – the way I thought about it, like, for, like, competitive teams. So, mm-hmm. like, like with Denver. Like, I had Denver. Or I should have just put Russell Wilson, because it's mainly centered around Russell Wilson turning oh, around. And Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Payton. And it's, on, it's on Sean Payton to – it's there's a lot of high expectations to turn Russell around just to at least 60% of what he wants was mm-hmm. 70 maybe. But, and then I had the Jets, of course, because they genuinely believe that they are a quarterback away, even though their offensive line is just screaming at them too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And as far as like Dallas too, because they're expecting Dak mm-hmm. to cut down on those turnovers and they're expecting Mike McCarthy to be able to, play call a decent game even though he hasn't done it in what 12 13 years i mean i i mean yeah keep it short i second that with dallas i mean you trade for brandon cooks and stefan gilmore those are win now moves. Those are that, huge yeah. drop off of offensive production because yeah. you know they yeah, had but those are big offense. win now moves those are big win now moves you don't trade for stefan gilmore who's an older cornerback i mean uh, obviously i know you probably love him kyle him being you know former patriot defensive player of the year but uh no, Brandon Cooks and uh, Stephon Gilmore aren't young, aren't young guys, and on pretty decent sized contracts. So you know those are 
big win now moves. You don't do that if you think you're gonna, you know, take a couple more years. As far as like the least expectations, it's like I put the Steelers on my list because it's like I like what they have going on. It's like because of the division that they're in, nobody's really expecting them to do much with Kenny Pickett and then him being in a division with Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and now Deshaun Watson. I like what they have going on. They addressed their all their O line. They addressed now Najee Harris can run the ball a little bit better. And the only concern I have as far as with Pittsburgh is I think that Cam Hayward is out for the year. But their expectations are pretty much lower because of that division that they played in. But yeah. Yeah. My thing with the Steelers is they'll always have a little bit of an expectation because of Mike Tomlin's, uh, yes. you know, not finishing under 500, you know. That's true. I didn't think about it. I was just like, the, their division. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I was about to say the same thing that that's kind of the expectation now of being under 500. Okay. Yeah. I mean, miss the playoffs not. Yeah, because ah. Pittsburgh fans are are under the impression that, you know, they're not an organization that just fires coaches just to fire them. You know, Tomlin has had such a level of success that they assume he's probably got a job for life unless mm-hmm. it just completely gets away from him. Like, they he finishes like 3-14 and 14 this year. Yeah, then there might be some questions like, okay, yeah. maybe he's been here too long, just need a new voice in the locker room, that kind of stuff. But if he finds a way with that I team, go to the Chargers. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? You know, Staley's got to be on his way out. But also, Chargers are another team with kind of some expectations as well. With the talent that Herbert is and the wide receiver group that they have, plus the last time we saw them, they were blowing a big lead in the playoff game. They, they have some high expectations this season. I still don't think yeah. Brandon Staley needs to be an NFL head coach. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Sean Payton should have been the head coach there. You know, that was their that was their opportunity. You know, as much as I love Russell Wilson, you know, being the Seahawks fan here, uh, Herbert and Payton, you know, you know, maybe if, you know, Sean Payton was getting Russell Wilson, you know, like five, four years ago, three years ago, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that would be a little bit more interesting. But Herbert, man. Yeah. As another thing we didn't mention, the Baltimore Ravens, because, you know, Ravens fans think. Lamar Jackson's the greatest. They think John Harbaugh's this great coach. They think that, oh, Lamar's going to make a Super Bowl. Look, he got paid. They got him OBJ. They got him Zay Flowers, who Ravens fans will tell you is the best wide receiver of the young group. Kind of got to make it happen this year. No matter how difficult the division's going to be, because I do think Cleveland's going to be much improved. We already know Cincinnati's going to be really good. And Pittsburgh's not going to be easy for anybody to beat. Mm-mm. So if the Ravens aren't like an 11, 11 win team, even ten win, ten yeah, maybe yeah, maybe even ten, and they're and they don't make somewhat of a run in the playoffs, it has to be seen as a failure. And I think the questions about Lamar, whether or not he can really do it, need to be asked over and over again. Plus, he also has to make it through a whole season. There's pressure there on him. Can you be yeah, there I- in the end? when the team actually needs you. It might be me personally, but I think the Ravens have more a little bit higher expectations than the, maybe the Jets do. I don't know. I just I just view how I view Lamar's um contract situation mm-hmm. um a little bit different than, you know, someone like Jalen Hurts, especially, you know, because Jalen Hurts made the Super Bowl. But you know, just the whole media outpour and outcry of the whole Lamar Jackson contract situation, point blank period. He got his money, he 
not sure if he got what he necessarily wanted, but he got his contract. Um, Hertz was just smooth, simple, and done. Yeah. Something like that. No eyes on him. You know, it, it was just a smooth transaction. No, our eyes are on Lamar Jackson now. He made he made it well known that hey, I think I should be worth this. You know, I mean, he got paid higher than Hertz. Um, even though it was just like what a five million bucks, but he still got paid higher than Hertz. Um, but yeah, I mean, Odell Beckham. I mean, maybe it's just because it's who Odell Beckham is, but he always is bragging and boastful and kind of just being like, you know, I'm the best receiver out here still. So. I think that's going to be a lot more expectations. You know, the Ravens, the big thing is, oh, they don't have weapons. They don't give Lamar Jackson really too much to do. And it's like, spent first round, you got another first round wide receiver. You know, Eldell is what people, I mean, hopefully think Odell still is. You got still Mark Andrews. Um, Rashad Bateman's still a first round pick as a wide receiver as well. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I don't know. Man, I'm not too big on the Ravens defense. So Not their secondary. Not a, now that Marlon Humphrey had yeah. that surgery. I'm definitely yeah. not big on the rest of your secondary. Yeah, no more Marcus Peters. It's like what Kyle Fuller, Marcus Williams. Um, okay, Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. I guess yeah. Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. I say all the time. You you can throw on the Ravens defense. You know, Ravens fans don't like to hear that, but it's it's just true. That Miami game division. told you all you need to know. <laughs> man, man. Now that you say that, in the division where you have to play Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, George Pickens, Darnell Washington, Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper. Yeah. Elijah bit. Moore, David Njoku. Elijah like, what? I mean, Watson, Pickett, and Joe Burrow could have some big days against that Ravens defense. Uh, Anthony says, Watson gets a pass if he sucks this no. year with a full no. season with the team. Yeah, I Man. don't because it, it'd be different, you know, if you know, if you got traded last season, it would be different. You know, maybe if last season was the season he got traded and he filled out his suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's kind of had a whole year to do it. Then he's had that suspension on when he came back. And then now he's got a whole he has two years, basically, with this team, maybe a, a little bit longer. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I can't give it a pass. No. Yeah. Brown's have higher expectations, you know. Yeah, I think. Well, well, I mean, what what would his excuse be? Like, it's definitely because it's not working with the team. Russ is not an excuse anymore. Exactly. It's like you have people might say Derrick Henry, people might say Josh Jacobs. Uh, Nick Chubb's my best running back in the league. You have arguably the the best running back in the NFL. Amari um, Cooper might be a little bit older, but he's okay. Uh, Gad, you're hoping a lot out of Elijah Moore, but David and Joku's probably top. Five, six, seven, tight end. Um, defense is still really good as well, too. Um, I just don't know what your excuse would be. Maybe you could say it's because we have to play the Ravens and the Bengals and the Steelers, but also the Bengals have to play the same people. Exactly. Know, the Steelers got to play the same people. The Ravens got to mm-hmm. play, play the same people. And if they're doing better than you, then what's your excuse? Yeah. And I think, but, I sections, mean, but, I think the sections of fans that – probably did not want to see Watson necessarily get another shot in the NFL after yeah. what he went through off the field. So I think even with that, fans aren't going to want to hear that he needs another year or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's he's going to be a lot older now. It's like, I mean, shoot, him and Patrick Mahomes came out of the same draft class. Mahomes is going to be what? Maybe on Super Bowl three, four? So, yeah. You know, Super Bowl four, fourth one? So, yeah, no. Watson hasn't even been to one. Right. I do agree with Coach Dante that I do think Watson will 
be improved this year. Mm-hmm. I agree. That, that does bring with it a lot of expectations for a Cleveland team that offensively kind of are stacked. And and with the type of quarterback that Watson was in Houston, if he's like 80% of that, I think Cleveland makes a lot of noise this year. But if he still yeah, yeah, looks yeah. rusty after a couple of years out of the game, then, yeah, there's going to be a lot of questions about is he built for it anymore? I'm sure it's start being like, is the desire there for him to be great anymore? Stuff like that. So, yeah, Deshaun Watson as a player himself might have some of the biggest expectations coming into this year. You should. I see if there's anything else in the chat I missed. No. Uh, I mean, got a couple more minutes, so I guess if anybody in the chat has a question for us, we can definitely do that. Katrell says 4,200 yards this season. Book yeah, I mean, that's 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 Deshaun Watson range. It's what he was passing for 500, 5,000 with Houston. Yeah. Even close to that. 4,200 wouldn't be a bad season. No, he, he's always been up in that range. I mean, what, even the season before he, you know, had his whole fiasco of holding out, not playing. And then, you know, his legal troubles, uh, he was still mm-hmm. up there. Uh, coach says, low-key, before he left Deshaun Watson, you could argue. Agreed. That Agreed. Was he was in my top five. He was in one of my top fives. I, I a thousand percent agree with that. Yeah, he had a performance against the Patriots. I can't remember what season it was. And it was one of the best quarterback performances I'd seen. He, I think he was almost perfect as a passer. Plus his ability to scramble and run, it just made it tough. He was for good. He was so really fun to watch. It. Yes, like it, it sucks. It sucks that Deshaun Watson, you know, did what he did. But he was he was, fun he was to so watch. fun to watch. He, he was, was fun, fun to, watch. to watch. But I was glad to get him out of the division though, because I had to see him twice a year. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm I'm like bye, 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 bye. I tell Lamar fans, Lamar at his best would be Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Was Agreed. When he was in Houston. Agreed. Uh, Marlon says 2016 yeah. Texans are Seahawks That was a great game. game. Mm-hmm. Cottrell said he's going to lead the Browns back to the playoffs this year. I agree. I'm not sure if I uh, think a divisional winner, but I, I do think the Browns get a wild card spot. I know, I know tomorrow, you know, to, not to play the big three, but I know we're going over our playoffs up tomorrow. We are. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, Coach says, I remember that game. Our defense lost the game. There was a hell of a battle between him and Brady. Rookie year, yes. Yes, that game was – that's that's what put Watson up there for me, especially with it being his rookie year. And we've seen a lot of quarterbacks, when they go up against the Patriots and Brady, they try to do too much. Watson yeah. did not. He stood there totally. I'm going collect- and, and that's what I like. He It never seemed like any moment was too big for like him right. in Houston. It was just like – this is what I'm here to do. And it's maybe because national championships with Clemson, kind of being on that big college football mantra. He was, I mean, to be fair, he was like one of those staples of kind of that 2017, 2016 college football era. You know, mm-hmm. Clemson was good. Look at them now. They're okay. No, not to me mean to any Clemson fans, but you know what I mean. That's funny. <laughs> you're going, you're beat for national championships. What's the beef with Zappy? And... Okay. There's beef between them? I, I don't know if there is. It, Huh? It's probably it was it's probably to the point where because with Patriots He's the whitest quarterback. <laughs> well, there's so many Patriots fans that just hate Mac Jones. 
So they just want to see anybody but him. So they're the biggest fans of Bailey Zappi. And like then Cunningham there's the fans like baby. me, where it's like, Mac Jones can win in this league. Like, people need to calm down. Then you throw the Malik Cunningham aspect of it, where people are just excited by the prospect of Malik Cunningham. Speed. Yeah. Speed, the ability to be elusive. And, you know, a lot of fans think that that's what you need as a quarterback, and the mm-hmm. Patriots haven't really had a guy like that since, I don't I guess when they flirted with Michael Bishop, which that lasted, what, a couple of years, and he was out of the league. But, yeah, Malik Cunningham. But, I mean, the Zappy mac Jones thing is just, yeah, it is what it is. I think Bailey Zappy's more Heineke in that he can play a couple of games, but if he was your starter from day one for the whole season, he'd probably get Suck exposed. After a while. Y'all have a long season. Yes. A very long one. Uh, remember that Seattle game, hell of a game as well. Cottrell said if he sucks this year, then it is who he is now. He gets no pass at this point barring injury. Agreed. Uh, Coach also said the same year after beating Cincinnati in Cincinnati, the game right after that. Don't find me, Coach. <laughs> well, you Not know, me. I mean, Coach is a Houston fan. He, he had to throw that in there. Um, rumor has it Bailey Zappi can't understand Bill O'Brien's system. He's coming from Western Kentucky. I, man, <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I, I'm not I mean... surprised. <laughs> Which Western, look, Western Kentucky's pure pass as well, too. So, mm-hmm. so if that's the case, it's like Mac Jones shouldn't really be worried about Bailey Zappi, and I don't think he is because you know Mac Jones has talked about he's having fun playing again. Because of the system and he understands it, that was his biggest issue. biggest issue with Matt Patricia was like the series of plays he would call, Mac Jones would be like, why are we doing this? At least with Bill O'Brien, he understands it. So I don't think there's any issue there. For all we know, Bailey Zappi might be gone, to be honest with you. New England would have no issue doing that. And yeah, then we can start some Malik Cunningham backup error, which I'm here for. It's a different different gear in that system. Yeah. Put him in the red zone. Exactly. Him or Mondre Stevenson. I'm I'm here for it. Your 13 uh, tight ends. Yeah. Throw Zeke out there too. Just Zeke, Stevenson, Malik Cunningham in the backfield. And we'll just watch the magic happen. You'll get a touchdown. Maybe. Oh, there's no maybe. They're, they're getting a touchdown. Just whether or not who actually scores it, but uh, yeah, the whole Bailey Zappy stuff, I'm I'm over that. I heard it way too much last year. I don't need another season of Bailey Zappy's better. If he was better, and the coach that Belichick is, he'd have the job. Uh, coach says, once every lifetime, I'll take a shot at J Dub and your Titans. Expecting too much in division, so since we're talking about Deshaun Watson, why not? I didn't, don't do that. <laughs> that game traumatized me. That well, down game was trauma. But that's who Deshaun Watson was. He could put up numbers like that. And it's bad because I'm also team around him wasn't fan. even that great. I'm also an Alabama fan, so he traumatized my team in college too. So that really didn't help much. I mean, we went back and forth on who beat who, but still. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. 
I did did celebrate that Clemson win a lot. I'm not even a Clemson fan like that, but yeah, I, yeah, I Alabama losing that fashion because of how dominant Alabama has been. I thought it was a great game by Deshaun Watson. Maybe you're a fan of him. I was upset. I did not go to bed that night. I think I might have cried. And I remember, so I didn't even watch that national championship. I think it was like sick or something and like fell asleep early and like woke up. First thing I did was like turn on ESPN and I saw mm-hmm. like Clemson won. And I was like, oh my God, watching the highlights and everything. I remember that because I didn't want to go to school the next morning because I went to school the previous day talking a whole bunch of mess. I'm like, I. <laughs> you had to, to come back and live up to it. You're like, ah. <laughs> Can't look anybody in the eyes. Exactly. Hopefully, we, we get that Deshaun Watson back. Because like you said, Dylan, he's just fun to watch when he's really clicking on all cylinders. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think yeah, I think I have all the comments. I mean, you guys have anything to add before we get out of here? We're a little mm-hmm. over an hour in, so... Um, you guys I'm not, I mean, not not too much. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, you know, college football starts this week in week one. You know, week zero was really good. Um, Caleb Williams looked great. Mm-hmm. USC got a dub. Notre Dame got a big win. Um, now we get to see all where everybody else plays. Maybe a couple top twenty-five matchups. It's going to be interesting. I'm I'm excited for week one. I can't I can't wait. I'm excited. And then NFL week one too. Um, you know, yeah. it's going to be really great as well. All right, Troy, you got anything? No, not really. Other than football is back, and I'm just so ready for it. Mm-hmm. Like, this whole summer has been so drama-filled with basketball players and all this other stuff. I'm like, where's the mm-hmm. football? Like, hurry up. Hurry up. It's crazy. that Literally, both football seasons are about to start before Damian Lillard was traded. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. I, I'm the actually Portland, happy. The Portland football team is going to get a touchdown before Damian Lillard is traded. Yeah, but... Haven't heard any rumors about Dame in a little while. We just yeah, have we can't. Of, just have to get rid of Fat Suit Harden, and then it'd be drama free with the NBA. Yes. Yeah. Ah, yeah, I, I'm Saudi right there games. With you. Go to Saudi games. Go to Saudi Arabia. Then they had the, 900 million. Go. Yes. Then they just had go. the the track runner who said who said what he said and had all the basketball players mad. Man, okay. that is a. I, I I had a conversation about that and. Man, it's like, I'm like, are y'all being sorry. It's literally, it boils down to the world's best talent just so happens to play in the U.S. That's just because mm-hmm. that's where just the franchises are. Like, you know, if the French had a lot of money and a lot of NBA support and could get their own NBA franchise, then that would be one thing. But, you know, the U.S. is really big, at least the biggest markets when it comes to like almost any sport that isn't, you know, soccer and cricket. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Might have to say that for another week because I could actually make the argument for the other side of it. That's no. all I'll say. I, I N- Nikola Jokic goes home to Serbia to celebrate his championship. It just so happens his work is in Denver. I'm just saying, I could make the argument. Uh, actually, we might have to say that for next week because that actually is a really good topic. But um, mm-hmm. Anthony asked, I guess this is the last one before we get out of here, do you think Max Duggan gets another job after being yeah. cut? Maybe on the practice squad um, for a little bit, but yeah, he 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 played really well. He's 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 a very he fits today's NFL um, style type of quarterback. He's big. He can run. He can th- he can throw the ball really well. He's pretty accurate. Um, 
I think San Diego. Oh, not San Diego. I keep saying like their old franchise. I said that with <laughs> fucking Las Vegas as well too. I said Oakland. Uh, I'm gonna say St. Louis next too. Uh, but La uh, Los Angeles. Um, I think they really like Easton Stick. He's been in that system for a while. I think they took a chance on Duggan, especially you know with Quentin Johnson being there. Seems kind of mean, but I, it seems like they got Duggan in there to you know just to warm up Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit. See, you know, get some information on what he might like. Uh, but yeah, he'll get a job. I think it does as well. I'm a I'm a fan of Max Duggan. I, mean, I saw the punishment he took against Georgia, and he kept that TCU squad with, in that yeah. game with that new quarterback rule. With the new quarterback rule, he'll get a job. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he'll he definitely should be on somebody's roster to start the season. Oh, well, all right, guys. Uh, fun show. Definitely appreciated it. You know, Jory, appreciate you stepping in for uh, Gene, who couldn't be here this week. Uh, Those of you in the chat, really appreciate you as well. It was a great show. Like I said, uh, we're here every week, every Monday, 6.30 p.m., back with the Chief Seats. Uh, Also, to remind you that if you want to catch the show again and you missed any part of it and you can't, like, watch it on YouTube or Facebook, Make sure to go over to Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. You could download the audio version. Give us a review over there. Definitely helps. We have to feed it. We have to feed our families. Come on, guys, please. Yeah. <laughs> I got a dog. Yeah. But please. Yeah. I'm kidding, but you know, please. Any support <laughs> helps. We appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Just letting you know it's an option for you. If you can't watch it, check out the audio side as well. It's, it definitely helps out the network. Uh, but if you're here. Facebook, YouTube, make sure you hit the like, uh, subscribe, or follow button, share, all that good stuff. A lot of good things coming on the network. I mean, we normally have a show coming up after us, but uh, reworking that. But you have coffee and sports in the morning. Get your day started. Uh, Like Dylan said, you got the big three tomorrow, which we're going to predict the playoff team, so make sure you tune in for that. Shocker, Seattle wins the Super Bowl. I'm kidding. Maybe. 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 See, that that's the tease, you know? Where do I put my Patriots? There you go. You Will in, Arizona get two, two wins? Will Arizona get two wins? Find out. Will, they be, will the Raiders be worse? You know, there's plenty, plenty of things that will come out of the episode. I guarantee you'll like it. So, um, And also, like I said, if you follow the, the channel, you'll see Jory whenever she pops up. You never know. A couple places you might see her. And also, you can check her out. Jory Sports Stories. Cheap plug for you, Jory. I know you Thank you. And that's you. Thank you. Do, uh, I was just helping you out there. Um, Marlon said Seahawks versus Bengals Super Bowl. There you go, Dylan. <laughs> so with I'm that, man, I mean, I know Marlon's another Dream Seahawks true. fan. I wouldn't be mad at Dream it. From true. Geno Smith versus Joe Burrow. Why not? Like uh, but yeah, he still hasn't wrote back yet. Still has not, and he's my also my fantasy quarterback. So I I need him to ball out this year. But, I got uh, Lamar, so I'm about me and Jordan uh, about to have some words if he's bad. I feel bad for you. <laughs> uh, anyway, so like I said, Henry, we're here. Got Derrick Henry though. That's a good backup plan because Lamar probably will only play six games this year. So we're back next week. Gene should be back, so we'll have the full show. Uh, we're out. Enjoy the rest of your night, everybody. Good night. Night, everyone.